Hey everybody, this is uh, Pastor Joshua Serrano. And I'm Pastor Jeremy Serrano. And Jeremy, I, what are we calling ourselves? I think we're calling ourselves Los Gemelos Hueros. Right, this is, the white twins. <laughs> right. And, and people should know that though we look white, right. we, we grew up in a Hispanic community yeah. and our whole family is Hispanic and... Um, and so we often use Spanish in our language, um, and and that's often unexpected for people. Uh, I was just on, you know, I was just telling somebody the other day that uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty good at Spanglish. Right, my Spanglish is pretty pretty on point, uh, but you know, my Spanish isn't fluent at all. <laughs> right, I, I often tell people that my. My Spanish reception, being able to understand it, is pretty good. I can get about like 80% of what people say, but I feel like I'm talking like a preschooler. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, okay, so we're here. Um, we're starting this new podcast thing. Right. I, this might be our only podcast, but, you know, I we're just testing this thing out. Who knows what's going on? Who happen. are we to think we can start another podcast? <laughs> Like the world needs another right. podcast. What do you have to say that's so important <laughs> that people are going to be listening to this on their drive or at their desk or whatever? Honestly, it's it's. Uh, uh, I feel like it's just purely ego at this point. Absolutely, uh, uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, so we're going to talk today about uh, COVID nineteen, right? And uh, the coronavirus, the coronavirus, and um, we're also going to talk about. Uh, how we got here, how we made the decisions that we made for our congregations, yep. and um, but yeah. so I think you, I think you should start by telling us just more about your congregation, your context, and then I'll tell mine, and then we can uh, talk about it. So I pastor Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in um, Concord, California, and that's a suburb outside of the. Well, it's really on the East Bay, but for anybody not in the Bay Area, uh, it's it's a, a suburb, uh, a commuter town of San Francisco. Everybody from here goes into the city. Yeah. Um, but we, we were also like voted the 12th best place to retire in the United States. So we have a lot of older folk who live in the Concord community. Yeah. Um, um, so... That's kind of where we are, and and my congregation, we, our our worship is between fifty and eighty people on a Sunday morning, and really we can fluctuate by thirty people on just like a normal Sunday, and so th- so that's not like Mother's Day when there tends to be more people or 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 any of those kind of uh, holidays. I mean, one Sunday, a normal Sunday, eighty people. Another normal Sunday, fifty people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think that's that's pretty much my context. Older folk in the congregation, a lot of people over sixty. Uh, we have a few young families, uh, and and we're really uh, trying to reach out to young families. That that's one of the things. And and what I'm really proud of in our congregation is this, uh, ministry. We have friends feeding friends, though we are a, a small church, you know, 50 to 80 people, we do really, really big ministry. And so our friends feeding friends ministry, we, we gave out something like 16,000 bags of food last year. That's great. We, we housed, uh, we're not housed. We gave furnishings, 
for like over 3,500 homes. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, uh, but we, we do really, really big ministry here. It's, in fact, some of the big churches in our area come to us to serve because of the, the big ministry that we do. So that's kind of my context. What about you? Uh, so I, I'm the solo pastor of a church in San Carlos uh, here in the Bay Area. It's on the peninsula side. It's about 30 minutes south of San Francisco. Because in the Bay Area, we measure everything by minutes, right? Right. <laughs> we totally do. Uh, so 30 minutes south of San Francisco, about 15 minutes uh, north of, of uh, Stanford University. Um, our congregation, we worship... On a given Sunday, anywhere between 45 and 55 people, um, we tend to also have older folks in our congregation, but we, ha- we actually have a lot of families in our church. And so there's, there's a lot of kids in the church. Um, somebody was asking me, oh, how many people are eligible for the, the, the Western States Youth Gathering? I'm like, I think we have about 15 kids that are able to go. You have that many kids in your church? Well, yeah, I, I wow. we do, but so we have probably at like 120 members, but but everybody you know fluctuates on when they come, and so usually the typical worship is 45 to 55. But these are faithful people, in and so we also, uh, you know, we try, we tend to attract families uh, or people with young kids, uh, which is a lot of fun, being such a small community. Um, yeah, so that's that's my context. Uh, so tomorrow, tomorrow's Sunday, right? Yeah. And we've both decided to shut down in-person worship for two weeks. Yeah, and so how did your, uh, how did you all, how did you guys come to that? Yeah, so, I mean, we've been hearing about this virus for a while now, right? So I would say a couple of weeks ago, we changed some of the things we do in worship. And so um, we the, the main thing that we changed is how we pass the peace. And, and we went to a no-touch passing of the peace. And we asked people to look at each other in the eyes and then just say, peace be with you, kind of as a, a genuine way for them to, to pass it with one another. And... Um, it was funny because on that Sunday that we started that, I had uh, about a week before that talked um, to my men's Bible study about how in the Middle Ages they had uh, what they called ocular reception of communion. And that was that that when the priest would lift up the host, like they were saying that it's good enough that if you just look at the host and, and then you have ocularly received it with your eyes right <laughs> that's interesting and so so it made my heart proud as a pastor because the, the the guy came up to me and goes you know this passing of the peace without touching it kind of reminds me of like the ocular reception that you talked about and in my my heart just like i was like yes they remembered something i said <laughs> you know it's always nice when they remember something right right and so this sunday uh we tomorrow uh we decided at our council meeting to make even more changes. We were going to do like a bow and curtsy thing for the passing of the peace. We decided to not have the um, greeters shake hands or hug or touch in any way. Um, We were going to make sure that the ushers 
when they're passing around the offering plate, we're the only ones touching the offering plate because, yeah. you know, germs f- go from hand to hand. We're going to keep the piece the same way. Um, uh, I was going to not offer uh, wine because we do communion by intinction here. And, um, and that's not a very good way to keep uh, the virus away from, you know, we're trying to create that social distancing, right? And, and what... With intinction, uh, a lot of people will dip their fingers in the wine. Right. And that's really what we want to avoid with intinction. Right. right. Yeah. So people should be careful when they're doing intinction. Yeah. Um, and so those were some of the changes that we made on Tuesday. And, and the whole council agreed that those changes were going to be good enough for this Sunday. And then it was funny because we all kind of went home. And then on Thursday, after I watched this video... Uh, by by like the CDC investigator, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I I decided that we need to do more than that, and so I went and called every one of my council members, telling them I thought we should not have worship, and and several of the council members said that they had done a bunch of research because we all kind of don't watch the news, but we were going to the CDC website to our local health agency, the Contra Costa Health department's website here and and really just looking at what the professionals were putting out there and they were recommending at least in Contra Costa County was that no groups of 50 or more meet and so we we made the decision on Thursday that we weren't going to have worship for two weeks in fact we we even went further than that and and we are not letting any groups meet in our space for the next two weeks yeah uh, so that's kind of how we came to the decision and what we did. Yeah, yeah. My, what about you? Like, so my church, um, I remember like a month ago, somebody came up to me before worship and said, uh, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm really concerned about this COVID-19 thing. And uh, uh, I feel like we should maybe not shake each other's hands in worship. And that was four weeks ago. This is before it was even on people's radar. And I was like, yeah, I heard that it's, you know, coming to the United States. Uh, but I don't think we're there yet. Uh, so I, I just made an announcement, you know, if you don't feel comfortable shaking anyone's hands, that's okay. You know, we're not going to fault you for that. And, um, and you know, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. And so I, I, you know, I said, so we're we're just going to do it that way. And, um, everyone agreed. And then a couple weeks later it was like, oh, we shouldn't be shaking hands either, you know? Um, and so we, we stopped shaking hands and, and actually the funny way that we did that was, uh, and my wife, uh, she wore kind of a cosplay and as Star Trek. And, she, and so she came up and, uh, did the Vulcan hand salute thing where you, uh, you know, spread out your, your two fingers. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, say live long and prosper. So that's the way we, we passed the piece. Um, we also did the same thing that you did, which was, you know, the ushers uh, keep hold of the plates. Uh, we actually had small little communion cups as well as a common cup for uh, either people to drink or in tinct. And we just said whatever feels comfortable. Uh, so we did that. And that, that was actually last week. Um, and then we canceled our midweek Lenten services because um, I my thinking was the less we meet the the le- less likely we're going to spread this thing to each other yeah. right if we have it you yep. know uh, and so um but I wasn't ready to cancel 
I wasn't ready to stop worship yet. And and then, like you, I just started doing more reading and more reading, more reading. And I started calling people. Uh, I called the health care professionals in our congregation. One of them had a background in public health. And, uh, and I just was like, you know, you all have your ears to the ground about this. Uh, what do you think? And, and, and the last, one of the last questions I asked them was, um, if you were to, to make the decision whether to pull the plug on worship or not, what would you do? And most of them said unequivocally, uh, I'd pull the plug. And, and so... That's when I, you know, and part of the reading that I did, uh, just going back a little bit, was uh, the Episcopal Diocese in my area, they shut down worship for their, their diocese for the next uh, two weeks. I was told on Facebook that the whole LDS church, the Latter-day Saints across the world, shut down. Right. Right now, um, their their bishop, their pope, whatever you want, whatever whatever, whatever that is, I think they call them presidents. Oh, their president, yeah, yeah. So yeah. their president had a, a, enough authority to shut down the church. Now that's a huge deal, and it's a huge deal for us, right. Not to have worship, especially being California people, right? Because right. we don't we especially in the Bay Area, we don't really have events here that would shut down worship for us. We don't have snow right. like the Midwest, right? We don't have tornadoes. We don't have. I mean, it's we like, got earthquakes, right? I mean, California isn't heaven, but it's heaven adjacent, right? <laughs> when, when it comes to, when it comes to weather, yeah, I know for uh, sure, uh, for sure. And so, so to shut down church is a big deal yeah. because. I want to talk theologically about this. Worship is the main thing that the Christian church does. You know, it, it, service is great, all of that kind of stuff, but but the, the church is being church when it worships, right? I mean, that, when we gather around word and sacrament, is that what you would? <laughs> when we gather around word and sacrament, yeah. that, that, that's, that's what makes the church unique in the world. Um, because... You can do service with thousands of organizations, but the church isn't unique in that respect. The church is unique in word and sacrament, mm -hmm. and that's very Lutheran, right? Like uh, in one of the uh, articles of the Augsburg Confession, right, that, that the definition of a church, like what is the church, is where the true gospel is preached and the sacraments are given. Right. Worship is the main thing. Yeah. Um, and so to shut down the main thing, it, it really, it, it really, it was a difficult decision to make. I, and I got to tell you, man, I, I was fretting too about it because I think you're right. It is the main thing. And our congregation um, has been going through a lot lately. And so... For me to make this decision, I I was I was fretting about it because, uh, well, I think we got to back up here, right? I mean, we have to talk about we can't just leave your congregation was going through some stuff, because your congregation was going through some major stuff. Yeah, and so I think you got to tell just a um, um, what you can because there's still a court case going on um, about what your congregation has gone through. So, so in January, uh, we started receiving, we received a total of four letters about, um, that indicated that the person intended to, uh, 
um, commit gun violence in our congregation. They threatened mass shootings in our in our church uh, on a Sunday morning, and uh, we we did eventually catch them. Um, but but even then you didn't shut down the church. No, yeah, we didn't. Like, I mean, like somebody had threatened to come and do something on right. a specific Sunday, and you're like, no, I'm still going to lead worship. Right, and in fact, some of my members who who don't come often. Uh, they showed up that Sunday because it was like a big, uh, you know, it, it was like a big fu, right? It was like it was like we are not going to be we are not going to be scared of this person, and so well, that's uh, pretty that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, so, and, and, and and I don't know, um, uh, and I really respected how how you were like, no, I'm not going to have somebody cover worship for me that day. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Like if anybody is going to be there, it's going to be me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think that emboldened your congregation to, to continue worship and even come. Right. But there was a lot of decisions that I made. It was a lot of decisions my council and I made, I, you know. Uh, to protect your congregation. To protect my congregation. And so, um, and so with this whole pandemic, it's like, I'm still making emergency decisions. I'm still, th- I'm, and Anne, my Anne said it perfectly. She said, you've spent a lot of your time making sh- sure people are safe on Sunday mornings. Right. And, and so you've been having to do this since the beginning of January. Right. Really protecting your congregation. Right. So, so you've been protecting them from gun violence, right? And, and yeah. I saw you post on Facebook, um, you cleaning the church with like a... With a with Lysol wipes. Lysol wipes. <laughs> you know, so, so you're, you're protecting your congregation in another way by cleaning it for them. And then now you're protecting it, um, the congregation... By closing the congregation for worship and right. all other events, right? And part of us closing was was because to care for the least of these, a lot of uh, a lot of the people who are immunocompromised or older, um, I think that if I held church, they would come anyway. Oh, I I I, I guarantee you that that if I had worship, I have people in my congregation who would rather catch the coronavirus. Than, than miss worship. <laughs> you, right. That, you know a real I mean? sense of obligation, right? Obligation and, and love for God and, and, and the church and devotion right. and 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 I need to help them. Right, because because by closing you are freeing them of having to make that decision. Right. right? But but also it feels kind of weird holding church just for the healthy, strong people. You, right, and, you know, asking, and asking and asking the the sick or the the immune compromised to stay away, no, like that feels weird to me. Right, and, so, so it, it's really a sacrifice. I'm not worried about the coronavirus. I'm young. I'm healthy. My family is young and healthy. If we get it, the likelihood of something happening to us is very small. Right, right? and but if we get it. The likelihood of us giving it to somebody who's in, who's compromised in their immune system, th- th- that could happen easily, right? Right. So it's a sacrifice for all of us who are healthy and will survive this to say that we care enough hmm. about those in our community who who are truly the least of these, 
and we're going to give up worship ourselves. Right. That's a real act of solidarity and love. Yeah, yeah. No, I and I, I I'm totally with you, man. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's a show of solidarity. I think it's a show of, um, of love, like you're saying. Um, and I think that uh, what we're doing here is, is. I mean, well, we've been saying that we're canceling worship, but but really we're not. We're moving online, and so I'm actually partnering with uh, John Keener, Pastor John Keener over at Unity Lutheran in South San Francisco, and he is. Uh, we're going to be holding joint worship services online, and and so I'm just directing all of my members to his website, that church's website, or they could call in. Um, and it's funny because when I heard you guys were doing that, I thought, well, I'm not going to remake the wheel right. here. I'm going to point my people, you know, you are a fine preacher. John is a fine preacher. You guys do liturgy well. I'm going to be I'm going to be pointing my people to yours and I'm going to be joining you all online. And, and see, and I wonder if that's not, I mean, there is some silver linings to this, right? It's, it's forcing churches to work together more. Yeah. Right. Um, I know that I'm going to be, I, I, that my council has been calling everybody to check in with them. Um, and, and even though we are not meeting on Sunday, I feel like we are finding new ways to connect with people or, and different ways. We're not just letting the, the normal, uh, the, the normal thing run its course. And so yeah. I, it's, it's causing us to innovate, right? Uh, and and to act differently, and that that has real, I think that, I think that has real potential for good. Uh, Agreed. When we first decided to shut down, I um, I thought, all right, I'm gonna get two weeks off. You know, like right, like, right. I, like I'm all excited, right? Like no worship for two weeks. <laughs> all right, you know. And then I thought I started thinking, well, how can I replace all of those things that we're meeting with in person? And I thought, well, I've already been creating content for YouTube and and um, what's the ki- the one the kids use now? TikTok. TikTok. I've been creating some TikToks and right, stuff right. like that. And, and then I thought, oh well, I'm gonna need to create content and put it in places where my older folks can easily access it. Yeah. And and I'm gonna have to be calling them more because the connections that I made on Sunday morning, I'm not gonna be able to make on Sunday morning, and so I'm gonna have to make them throughout the week over phone and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I that, that idea of like, oh, I'm gonna get two weeks off, quickly went away. <laughs> Dissipated. Right, and I thought, oh, I'm actually gonna be working a whole lot more these next two weeks. Well, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna change, right? And I mean, it seems to me like just the phone and email is gonna be uh, essential because we can't go into nursing homes, we can't go into hospitals. we shouldn't take communion to people because right. because if we are infected, we're going to be giving it to people because you can have the coronavirus, COVID, COVID, as I say, COVID nineteen, um, and not show any symptoms, but still be passing it on to people. Right, right, and that's we could be passing it to each other right now and not and you not know, even know and not even know we it. have it. Right. Well, I think I I. <laughs> There's this old, uh, there's this old curse uh, that I've heard of that says, "May you live in interesting times." Uh, I'm, 
Uh, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm good with not having that. You I know, know what I mean? We, we are definitely living in interesting times. And right, but but let's not pretend this is unique. Yeah. Because, say more, say more. Because I think that sometimes we, we you know, with, with the politics that are going on, with, with the wars that are happening, with the, even the sickness, the church, the Christian church has been through all of these things before. Yeah. We're not actually living in, in in really any kind of new. It's not really new. There's always been innovations in technology. It's just different, yeah. right? And, and so the church has survived this, uh, survived things like this in the past. It will survive this, and and I think for me, what has been helpful was to to really look at how the church and leaders in the church have done this in the past. Yeah. C.S. Lewis had a great uh, uh, article on how to survive during the atomic age. Mm, and I thought that was really good. I think you shared something of Martin Luther on what to do during the bubonic, was it the bubonic plague? Yeah, yeah. What to do during the bubonic plague. These are all, the, the church has walked this. Leaders in the church have walked this path and and we're walking it now, yeah. and 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 so so I don't and I don't I don't think it's helpful to be like, like it is interesting. There's no doubt about it. We are living in interesting times, but it's nothing really new. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you, and and I don't disagree with you at all. I, uh, it, it does feel like it's it's the first time we have walked through this, right? For sure. We are, you know, and and but I think that perspective is good to have, you know, that. This has happened before, and it'll happen again, like Battlestar Galactica says. Right. right? <laughs> uh, uh, we couldn't get out of one podcast without Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe we'll do this again. I hope so. Uh, and, and I recognize that our voices sound alike. Right. I, so I want to name that. Like, like people may not be, we, we may not be able to do this with each other. Without some kind of video, because right. our voices sound too similar. Right. Well, I know that I'm the better looking twin, so I feel like if it went to video, people would be drawn more towards me. I'm just going to say that. We don't have to... But let's be honest. We did this on audio for a reason. <laughs> Ain't nobody need to look at us. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm Pastor Jeremy Serrano. Pastor Joshua Serrano. Talk to you later. Bye.